narratives that happen after the crisis. So if you're in a church, there's a crisis and the pastor responds in these ways or the elders respond in these ways, you can say, ah, okay, this is a toxic church. By the way, they're handling this crisis. But usually churches aren't in crisis. Usually it's just normal church doing church stuff. How do you tell if your church is toxic when there's not some kind of story that's being spun and crisis that's being managed when it's just everyday church life? Is there a way to tell or do you actually kind of need the crisis in order to identify a toxic culture? It's because churches are masters of the Sunday morning service. And the Sunday morning service is a performance on a platform that creates an image. It creates a persona in a sense of the pastor and of the people who are on that stage. And we begin to think that that's what these people are actually like. Well, let's talk about friendships for a minute. Here's how you know if someone's your friend. A, you can tell them bad news and they'll listen. They won't tell you why, you know, you're stupid. This is a weirder thing. You can tell them good news and they'll help you celebrate. And that's a really good way of deciding who you should have around you. Because if you have someone around you, you know, something good happens to you and you're kind of afraid to even admit it because, you know, God, something good happened to you. It's like, you let that be known and it'll certainly be taken away. either. And so you want to surround yourself, you got to think about this. You got to surround yourself with people who want the best for the best part of you. You can hang around with weasels and losers that are trying to pull you down to justify the fact that they're spiraling down themselves. It's acceptable and desirable to try to surround yourself with people who are facilitating your development. You know, and you might- This week on the Patriot Collective podcast, we discuss handling toxic relationships. Stay tuned. are back back in action god bless everyone watching the show thanks guys again for joining and being part of that family and being part of the collective here and so we are excited to bring to you uh just another discussion right and so that's how i kind of like to handle this just discussing some thoughts we all have at some form or another past experiences with toxic churches um uh, unbeknownst maybe we were part of the toxicity you know i i probably raised my hand on that i've been responsible from some really bad things um so we're we're gonna get a little bit into handling toxic relationships and so i know that this is a um common term and i hate to use that word as a matter of fact even every time i use it i roll my own eyes because it's often used as a liberal scapegoat for um, someone getting their feelings hurt or something like that and being all flaky and everything. So, um, but I certainly don't want to take that approach. We'll, we'll kind of, we'll kind of uh, ring that out a little bit because I'll define it. But we're going to start off um, as we always do, folks. How was church on Sunday? Church was fantastic. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of smiling going on over there. <laughs> y'all got y'all going in the back chat. 
<laughs> no, no, man. No. Uh, church was good, man. Okay. Uh, in my church, they, the whole year they've been preaching on on the Book of John, and and they finished a few weeks ago. But they they're going back to you know some points they missed. Uh, their focus changed a little bit this week. It was about you know bringing unity to the brothers and you know to focus on Jesus. It was a really nice message. Awesome, man. How about you, Ice? Yeah, church was uh, fantastic. Had a great time at church service, uh, going through the fruit of the spirit. Um, this this uh, past Sunday, we actually had the opportunity to. Oh, your audio cut out again. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. I, I'm telling you, this is definitely a a, a sign from the Lord that we're gonna get you uh, a mic, a replacement mic. Um, the, those mics, I tell you. All right. Um, just on the side note, Isaac, um, uh, one thing you can do is on your URL on the top where you see the website you logged into, there's a little lock. Make sure you click on that. And uh, if you go to site settings, there's a something that says sounds. Make sure that you have it. Oh, I hear you. Yeah, I just had to refresh the page. I, I don't know. Okay. Okay. You don't know. All right. Let's. Church was good. God is, is good. We did Holy Communion. Uh, we had an amazing, amazing time. I love partaking in the uh, the Holy Communion. We get to reflect upon those uh, moments with Jesus, and, and it's a somber moment. Uh, it gave me an opportunity to create a teaching moment with my children in the car afterwards. Beautiful. Um, to explain that to them, so you know, it's uh, we, I, you know, we don't do many holy things, right? You know, these big holy, you know, uh, but that's one of those things that we take very seriously. And so, um, yeah, it was, a, it was an amazing opportunity to partake and then also utilize that as a, a teaching moment. Wonderful, wonderful. So we at Real Life Texas, we have been going through a series of Renewing Your Mind, and it has been wonderful second week um, on this series that has been solid, super solid. We covered um, Renewing Your Mind Requires Sacrifice. So presenting yourself. And so he kind of broke down what that looks like. And it was beautiful hearing a message of repentance, holiness, reflecting the nature of God, but then also the impact of being transformed, right? So we're not doing behavior modification, but we're actually being transformed. So that was something that was beautiful. I know I'm frozen there, but it'll just come back. Give me a second. All right, um, so let's uh, open up in prayer. And uh, hey, this time, Josh, why don't you lead us in an uh, in opening prayer and uh, pray for the folks who are watching. Amen. I want to thank you, Lord, for today. I want to thank you, Lord. Uh, we're here just willing, Lord, to spread your word, to spread your gospel, Lord, just to try to give some of our wisdom, Lord, just to help whoever's listening and not only that lord but also ourselves i pray lord that you're edified through our words through everything we say lord that we speak truth we speak your truth lord that it's not it's not us speaking but it's you speaking through us lord i want to thank you lord we you know I, I pray that everybody has an open mind an open heart just to receive your word lord i want to thank you for my brothers that are here uh we're all willing lord just to serve you always lord thank you in the name of jesus amen Amen. Amen. All right. So we're going to get started. And um, the first thing I want to do is I, I I mentioned it before. I certainly do not want to go down the liberal path of that's toxic. 
you know, and, and, and uh, you hurt my feelings and that's toxic. The reason why I say that is let me give you the way the secular world and how um, WebMD, how they have chosen to define a toxic person, a toxic person or a toxic situation. It says a toxic person is anyone whose behavior adds negativity and upsets your life. Many times people who are toxic are dealing with their own stresses and traumas. To do this, they act in ways that don't present them in the best light and usually upsets others along the way. Obviously, we see the problem with that because, you know, if you tell someone a, a moral truth that upsets them, then now you become toxic. If you see um, a situation where you feel like what's happening with Target and you voice your opinion and you upset someone in the alphabet community, then, of course, you are toxic. So that presents many dilemmas and Christians should definitely not be adopting this definition. Now, I did kind of want to consider um, uh, uh, an alternative view of toxicity. And, I, and I'm going to propose one and I don't know y'all jump in and, and, and tell me what you think about it or propose your own. But I, I think toxicity is a situation where strife is always introduced and nurtured and protected through gaslighting. And, and I'm talking about a strifing spirit where it is intentionally against peace. And, and I think that captures just sort of like we can confront sin we can share a moral truth, but we don't have to be strifeful. I always said, be moral, be just, be holy, don't be a jerk, right? And so there, there's there's ways to approach that. But uh, do you all have, maybe, would you change that? Or do you have another proposal of what when you consider from a Christian perspective um, what toxicity is when we talk about in relation to friends, family, church, workplace, things like that. I think they're all basically the same, you know, toxic people, uh, you know, in the church, well, actually everywhere, it, 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 what they want to do is they want to control you. A lot of times that, that's what most of them do is they try to control you. They're going to try to manipulate you. They're going to try to wreck your life. You see, it's like like going to a family party where, where it's not a Christian party. Uh, they're going to tell you, oh, you know, uh, this happened to me on my daughter's wedding where some family members were telling me, hey, bro, it's your daughter's wedding. Let's have a shot just one time. And I was like, it doesn't matter what event it is. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to do, what, you know, what I don't like besides the, the fact that I come from family of, of alcoholics, you know, and, and I, you know, I don't, I just don't want to do it. It makes absolutely no difference. And I told them, what difference does it make if I have a shot or not? Is that going to make any difference to you? And they were like, oh, no, it'll make you more. I was like, dude, I'm, uh, you know, we're having fun. Everybody's dancing. Everybody is having a good time. I don't need to do that, you know, to, to, to make anything better. If I need that to, to make myself better, then there's a problem. You know, I, I can be my own. But it, it's usually that it, it's, the, you know, the, the toxic people there, there, it, it's all about manipulation. It's about them. And, and most of the times it's they're going to bring you further from God uh, in churches. It's the same. It's a lot of manipulation. It's a lot of, 
just, uh, you know, we talk a lot about out, out of context things, you know, just using the Word of God wrongly to manipulate people. We, we talk about, you know, one of the biggest uh, places that we see, you know, some of the manipulation has to do with tithing. I know we brought it up and, and we're supposed to give and stuff, but, you know, a lot of times, you know, we're threatened, you know, like, like we're going to be cursed or anything like that. And I think that's toxic, you know, in the church. Beautiful. Love that. Absolutely. Oh, Isaac. Isaac is gone. Isaac the Dollar is Tree microphone yeah, he, again. He, he needs... <laughs> <laughs> refresh, Isaac. Refresh. Yeah, refresh. <laughs> You'll be good. All right. Yeah, so absolutely, Josh. I, I think... Uh, right now. Yeah. Yep, go for it, bud. Weirdest thing. I don't know what's going on, but I think that... Uh, you have I think five minutes. Hurry up. Five minutes. <laughs> I think the definition... Uh, that you gave is actually pretty fantastic. As a matter of fact, when you were giving that definition, I, I thought of at least two different relationships <laughs> that I have that have been forced <laughs> to separate from in my own life uh, with family members, honestly. Um, you know, it's a shame when you, it's one thing to have toxic friends. There's another thing to have toxic, toxic family members, right? Uh, at least you can choose your friend. You can't choose your family, um, you know, but you can choose who you engage with and, and interact with, right? Uh, but I thought that the uh, the definition you gave was was spot on. I think Josh uh, hit the nail on the head there. There's constant uh, manipulation. Um, I think, and like you said, gaslighting. Oh, what what a true claim right there. You know, making make you know making it seem as if it's it's your fault, but it's not. Constant introduction of conflict in the most peaceful of moments. Oh, I'm getting PTSD right now just thinking about this. Man, you're yeah. messing me up. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, toxic relationships. And, and I have to tell you, because, um, you know, it, where you are raised and how you're raised has a big, big impact on that. And I can tell you that um, I definitely come from a family line of fixers. And so one of the most toxic things that you can do, I have been guilty of for the better, better part of my life. And, and that is not being a listener, uh, always trying to fix situations, always interjecting and trying to improve a situation, imposing sort of, uh, um, and these are not matters of sin. It's just sort of like, I think what Jordan Peterson said in that video where, where, um, oh, this is something positive. And then you interject and say, well, you know what would be even better? <laughs> you know what I mean? And and so I think even in my life, um, that's been something that has plagued my attitude and my spirit that I've had maybe uh, two, three, four years of real deep searching as to where does that come from? You know, why why am I a fixer and and why am I uh, leaning that way? And so. Uh, when we talk about this topic, I, I really talk about it from a place of pain, vulnerability, and guilt, and, and in the sense that that's something that I've seen in my life where I've impacted many people, pushed many people away because of the level of negativity, the conflict, uh, the the level of of um, of critical analysis, constantly critical analysis, constantly, and so. Um, so this is something that even till today, I'll be honest with you, the Lord is healing me over and, um, and I'm seeing that same, uh, uh, topic coming up constantly in the church, even right now 
within the conversation of Christian nationalism, where I think it was A.D. Robles who, who created a video that said, like, we need to stop separating ourselves and, and, and unwilling to work with others that maybe have a different denominational background because, you know, I'm not going to work with you because you don't believe in speaking in tongues or I'm not going to work with you because you're not reformed. I mean, for the most part, we all probably agreeing on on the you know Apostles' Creed. We, we, we all have a, at least a good foundational um, understanding of the gospel, and that should be sufficient in terms of working with each other to achieve a really um, positive outcome for our kids and our society. And so, um, so when we kind of uh, put this together about toxicity, I think what you're going to hear from everyone here is a different perspective. I've always known Josh to be a positive person. Isaac is certainly a very positive person. I'm probably the sourpuss of the three. And and um, but you know you're gonna get a good um, feedback from what that looks like from from three different perspectives. And so uh, let's get into the impact because I think that's where the meat and you know the bones are when it comes to this. And and you know now that we kind of fleshed out what toxicity looks like, the gaslighting, the constant criticism, um, uh, the 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 introduction of strife constantly. I wanna I wanna dive into um, the impact that is having at church, not just at church, but at home. Maybe it's friendships. Maybe it's workplace. Um, these are these are all areas where we're seeing this this level of tension, this level of strife, really begin to increase. And I'll tell you what the with the increasing um, feminism, with the increasing conflict um, with workers' rights, unionizing um, companies, introducing the weirdest of um, uh, diversity trainings, and that's creating tension within races within the company. Um, you're just seeing a whole bunch of stuff happening. Um, Let's talk a little bit about what your experiences have been when it comes to uh, toxicity uh, and then its impact and, and, and the things that you have seen. So I'll leave that open for you folks. I like I like AD, AD Robles now because I saw he has chickens. So that that's a positive. I'm glad you mentioned him. <laughs> he is a chicken person and he's a fishing person as well. Yeah, I don't care about the fishing. I care about the the chickens. But man, you you see, it, you know, in the church, uh, you know, you guys know my story. You guys have known I went through a few a few years of rough rough patches there, and 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 again, man, it, it it's so much manipulation at work. Uh, I, I can't complain about work because my boss is amazing. Uh, he's been great for 18 years, and I can't complain. <laughs> Okay, I, I'm my own boss, but uh, just if we go to the Word of God, man, there's so many toxic people in the Bible to talk about. I don't know which ones to talk. You know, in, in men's group on Fridays, we're talking about uh, about Jezebel and, and Ahab and, and talk about, uh, you know, a toxic couple, you know, all, all that stuff that they did. And, and, and again, you see Ahab. Uh, when every time he sees uh, he, he sees the prophet, uh, I don't know <laughs> his name, uh, Elijah. Uh, he always calls him my enemy. 
you understand like he's always blaming other people and and, and that's the, the toxic we see at our work we see it even in our home sometimes especially my kids are old you know uh, uh, get ready Isaac because yours are, are getting there and 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 your kids you know go through 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 uh, uh, you know that age once once they start becoming adults and they, they want to be like 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 the adult of the house you know they, they try to exert their, their authority and and you know they they you know they have to follow learn to follow that order and I think me and Isaac were talking about it the other day and it's, it's they don't see it until they hit those 30 30 plus years old but you know I know once they hit hit 16 17 18 and and they get to that age man i i mentioned it before that i went through family counseling with my kids and and the counselor told me like do you have this symptom you know he, he told me like five or six things six things and he told me oh you're, you're suffering from depression and i'm thinking i was like well Am I suffering from depression or is it that my kids are causing me all this stress that are making me feel depressed? And it is. It's a lot of times it's our circumstances, you know, are, are making us either feel bad it's, and, and it, it's not that. So if I fix, you know, the problems that we're having with my family, uh, you know, that all went away. And, and of course, right now, like, you know, with, with doctors, uh, right away, they want to medicate you. They want to give you a pill. And that's just screwing us up. You know, we're over medicated. And I told them, no, man, you know, I just want to fix my family. And, and once this, this, this is fixed, because, you know, when I will get home, you know, me and my wife were arguing with the kids. Hey, you know, we need you guys to help out on stuff. You understand? So once we fixed this problem, you know, everything went away. And it did. You know, things got a lot better. You know, and I told them, you see, you know, I, I didn't need pills. You know, I'm against pills. You know, I, I, against, I, have, I have family members that have overdosed on pills. So I, I'm, I'm really against it. The same with alcohol, you know, the same with, with the pills. So it, it, it's, it's things like that that we have to, we have to, not only that, sometimes have friends around us that help us, you know, tell us, hey, you know, this is, this is going on, man. You know, let's talk about it. Let, let's try to find a solution. We'll go back to the video of, of how we don't have any friends, you know, but when we do, we have, we have a support system, you know, in place to, to, to kind of like help us go through the, some of these toxic things, you know, with my wife talking about, you know, work-related issues. I had a technician at one time, man, that guy would drive me crazy. And <clears throat> he's the kind of people, I know you guys know a bunch of people like that, is that everything always happens to him. You know, he's always in trouble. He's always, you know, he always needs money. He's always sick. You know, his car's always broken. You understand? And, and I don't, I, I try not to curse. I cursed too much when I was young. And then, you know, I decided, hey, you know, I'm a Christian now. I'm going to try to control my tongue. So I don't, I don't curse, man. And, and when I was around this guy, the stuff that will come out of my mouth, like my wife will say, wow. Or even my kids one time told me that I, I don't hear you curse. But when you talk to him, you know, and, and I had to get rid of this technician because of that, because he was just driving me. And he was a great technician, but I, I had to get rid of him because he was just toxic. He was making me go to a place where, where you know, I, I didn't want to be there. You know, the Bible tells us, you know, whoever whoever walks with the wise you know, uh, uh, if we walk with the wise, it, it, I'm sorry, I, I always mess up, you know, what, what, I, what I'm thinking about, if I don't write it down. But it, it says, whoever, whoever, hold on, let me look it up. It says, okay, here it is. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. You see, and to me, that, that's how I felt that when I was around this person, I, I was not being wise, <laughs> you know, and that's why I would go crazy because, you know, he would tell me, oh, I can't get to this customer. You know, we had customers waiting and he couldn't get to him because something will happen to him. 
you know and, and i was like dude come on man you know and, and stuff like that we had to like like control and we had to analyze hey what's going on why, why am i feeling like this and mm -hmm. a lot of times it, it's some people are they're toxic and that that's what they're doing that was a great biblical verse isaac what you have can you hear me <laughs> yeah yeah okay yeah uh no fantastic verse proverbs thirteen twenty. but you know it's um it's interesting because when i think about toxic people toxic people are abusive people right because not all abuse is physical right toxic people are spiritually abusive they're emotionally abusive they're mentally abusive they're deceptive they're self-deceived and i think we've all experienced that not only in our personal lives but also within the church context as well um you know i remember i remember when i had my i planted the church in orlando uh coming across situations where there were people who would try to assassinate your character. Um, you know, there were people who tried to to destroy the congregation, to try to cause splits within the congregation. Uh, I think we've all witnessed that and seen that, and I've seen that firsthand as well. You know, uh, the gaslighting that takes place. And it's interesting because sometimes I wonder if these people are really convinced in their own propaganda, right? Their own their own lies, um, you know. But but yes, I think I think Josh made fantastic points um, on this. You know, uh, what's interesting is when I was thinking about toxic people, I was thinking about like Job's friends, right? You know, here Job was dealing with issues, and rather than comforting him, right, they they basically blamed him for everything that was going on. You know, it's so it's so easy yeah. for people to point the finger. You know, God, what's the saying, right? God gave us two ears and one mouth, we should listen more and speak less. That's um, right. <laughs> but, but, you know, people who are toxic are usually narcissistic. You know, they're always right. Um, and it's one thing, it's one thing to speak truth um, and but be abrupt. It's another, you know, it's one thing to, to not have the best delivery. That's not the same as being toxic. You understand? Right. right. Um, and so, you know, we have to begin to separate uh, or differentiate from those. I think the definition that you gave earlier um, the secular definition, it's interesting because really anybody who gives an opposing uh, objection to a lifestyle or, or a thought, they're seen as toxic because it creates host internal hostility. But, but that, is not, that is not accurate. Amen. Amen. Um, you know, so we have to differentiate those, those things. I've seen toxicity, uh, spiritual abuse in the church. I remember I'll tell a story. I remember we were going to uh, a church and my, my friend, he was a musician at the time. And so we were performing, and so we, we'd never been to the church. He, you know, he's a musician, so we would just travel uh, to different churches while he would perform. Um, and so the, the pastor gets up there, and he's like, I'm going to pass the, 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 the bucket. You know, so he passes the bucket. And so we all give money to this bucket. He puts it up there, and the pastor gets up top. He holds the bucket, you know, shakes the bucket, and he goes, there's a lot of $1 bills in this bucket. <laughs> and, and so we're like, what's going on here you know and he pulls out a one dollar bill he goes that's a lot of one dollar bills in this bucket he goes you wouldn't give god a one-eyed lamb would you you wouldn't give god a one-eyed sacrifice would you so why would you give god a one a one dollar bill you know that's and, toxic. And, <laughs> and 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 apparently that that bible verse is like it, if it's all I'm, I'm good uh if, if the funny thing is uh if that's all you had i hear him. that yeah, if that's all you had, then then that would be the most worthy. Yeah, that's everything. Everything. <laughs> yeah. So that that's really funny. 
you know, I think, um, and then just kind of to reverse a little bit, when we talk about toxicity, Isaac, you mentioned something really important. You said, I wonder if people really know. And in the church, specifically people in the church, because I think that's a different standard, right? right. Uh, you know, toxic people in the world have no hope. Toxic people in the world, the hope of Christ is not in them. Um, they're not regenerated. There's not a, a regenerated spirit and fellowship with the Lord. Um, and so they don't, they, they don't have that restraint like we do. And so specifically honing on to Christians, one of the things that I, I always think in my mind is that toxic Christians m might have a perspective that, that if you really sat down and heard them out, um, they may have a point. They may have witnessed something, um, you know, in the past, or or they may have seen something that they're bitter about, or they may have experienced a series of events that have caused them to be a certain way. But the reason why I chose this definition, which is uh, strife where it's nurtured, because that that's what makes a toxic person toxic. It's not that you're that you have a problem. It's not that there's strife. Strife is normal when it, you know you need to have strife in order to have that flag that something is wrong. Um, you know, so when we when we look at that, it, it it for me one thing that I notice is and and this is we'll, we'll go now to the idea of the church or even our friendships or home. But one thing I notice is that whenever we're in a situation where ourselves or someone else is constantly nurturing um, that level of strife, right? So peace is not nurtured. We're not looking for resolutions. We're not looking to fix a problem. The perspective is to continue to pour gasoline on the problem, right? The problem yeah. is to prolong the problem. And, and, and at some point, when you're relating to this person, every time that you, you sort of uh, pivot and say, okay, let's come to a resolution. How, how did I offend you? Uh, the person avoids the resolution. They, they sort of want to take you back around to the discussion of the strife. Um, and so that, to me, is the key marker, someone who nurtures strife. Um, we're all going to go through strife. We're all going to have problems. We're all going to have issues. The question is, do we nurture it? Um, and so any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that that's a fantastic point. Um, everybody goes through their own circumstances in life and it, you know, and it wears on you, right? Everybody has their own experiences uh, that wear on you. But I think to your, your the very beginning portion of your uh, statement as Christians, there's a different standard for us, right? And so we have to begin to manage the impacts of the world, you know, those impacts that we've received and trend. We lost you, Isaac. <laughs> oh, there you go. Sorry about that. I was on mute. 
Yeah, we lost you. Go ahead and refresh, uh, and when you come back, uh, you just continue. Let me let me read Titus three ten. As for a person who stirs up division after warning him once and then twice, have nothing to do more with him. You know, and, and a lot of a lot of times we're stuck in that cycle, man. And and again, we don't see it, man. We we just want to continue. You know, let me forgive him. Let me let me give him another chance. And sometimes we have a little bit to to separate from from these circumstances because yep. if now man we just got it's a cycle you know it's like the mouse you know the mouse running in the wheel going nowhere yeah yeah you know what one of the things that i always notice and and you know there are some people uh, uh i i i would i i would think all three of us are like this but we're, we're not afraid of calling things out and so um if we're not people pleasers usually that's okay but the biggest victims in this are the people pleasers the people who want everyone to like them wants to make everyone comfortable wants to serve everyone i had a friend uh, earlier in my life she was uh, a great friend and um and she would make her way to to come to my 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 area or my home and and would just offer to clean and and because she just always sought out to make sure I was comfortable. And and uh, my wife, my wife is a people pleaser. My wife likes to make sure everyone's okay. My wife will make 100 commitments in a day to please everyone and then come home and pass out out of exhaustion uh, to have no time for herself. And so people pleasers are often most vulnerable to toxic relationships and often find themselves burned out. And let me just say, that is the number one impact that you're going to find if you're involved with many toxic relationships. You're going to find yourself burned out and you're going to start growing bitterness and you're going to start growing uh, traumas and issues where you're not going to want to have people close to you as friends. Um, in church scenarios, I think Isaac mentioned earlier that we all had certain experiences. He he mentioned the, the dollar. I've recounted stories in my past where I had an elder of the church explain to me how to manipulate people to give more money by holding a dollar in the air and saying this is a $100 bill. And yeah. in fact, it was a $10 bill. And, and so it was like, Josh, you said manipulation. And so all of these toxic things, um, we hear the excuse, right? No, well, you got to do that because otherwise people are not going to give. So the ends justify the means, right? And, and, and at the end, we, we don't care the level of toxicity that we introduce into the conversation. Isaac, you had something you want to add? <laughs> no, all, 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 uh, all good points. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we have to be careful, you know, how we engage with people and, and, and with whom we engage with. Uh, it's important for us to understand that, you know, I don't want to utilize the term safe space, right? But but in essence, we have to protect what we allow to influence us. We have to protect what we allow our minds to receive. Um, you know, people speaking negativity towards you, people, uh, you know, a lot of times toxicity comes from an envious attitude, an envious spirit. Um, and so we just have to be on guard against those things, you know. 
uh, I think Josh utilized Proverbs 13, 20, which I think is fantastic. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. And so we have to really guard our circle. If someone is being toxic, we have to begin to separate from those individuals. And if we find ourselves being toxic, we need to begin to renew our own minds uh, that we might glorify God and in, in how we interact with others, right? Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yes, absolutely. And I six, this is I six microphone is toxic. <laughs> hey, I don't know what's going on and I apologize to, to everybody. Um, it just it's not refreshing. It's it's the weirdest thing. Yeah. Yeah. I you know, I, I could tell you um, this is the perfect segue to going into how do we handle toxic relationships, which is our final segment um, for the podcast today. Before we um, do that, I am going to cut to a quick break to remind everyone about subscribing, and then we'll be right back. Hey, Isaac. You hey, thanks for tuning in. You know, the only way we know you are enjoying the content is if you like and subscribe to our page. Also, if you don't mind, share with your family and friends so that they too can be informed patriots. We desire to share all things America, her faith, freedom, and pursuit of godliness. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. Hey, thanks for tuning in. You know, the only way we know you are And we are going to enter into our final segment. And again, this is, we're talking about toxic relationships. We spent quite some time talking about the impact um, we spent some time about um, uh, experiences in the workplace, uh, friendships, uh, co-workers. Uh, we didn't really get into spouses, so maybe we'll we'll spend a little time on that. No, and then no, we're, oh, good. We'll we're good. We don't want to go into spouses. <laughs> it's don't like steer clear man i don't want to be in the doghouse you, you could talk about your spouse but i'm not mine doesn't mine's an angel <laughs> amen amen uh but i will tell you this this is why it's so important to understand who you're marrying before you do right and and then, yeah. and then making sure that you are all on the same page of what it what a marriage is how it's defined in scripture what are the roles of the marriage? And I can tell you, you can even do that. And it's not guaranteed that five years, 10 years later, everyone's going to be aligned on that. But I will tell you this, um, you know, how you handle a toxic spouse is completely different than how you handle a friendship because you're not in covenant yeah. with other things. You know what I mean? But you are in covenant with your wife. And, if, and, and, and so there could be uh, strife and how you handle that strife is going to look way different than um, than how maybe you would handle a friendship or a church or a different scenario, right? Um, and so with that being said, please do not take any of our information and say, well, you know, my husband's toxic or my wife is toxic and uh, I'm just going to have to like depart from this relationship. That is not biblically supported. You are to endure difficultness. You are to remain faithful uh, in that relationship. Do not use the liberal uh, WebMD definition for toxicity, where if they <laughs> offend you enough times, 
then um, that is grounds for divorce. That is not biblically supported. Stay in there. Uh, 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 when Jesus, when Jesus said we will be persecuted, he wasn't speaking about the wives. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, no. but you know our this job one of those times that i need my microphone to mute itself <laughs> well but you know the, the point is stay in there men you know okay. resemble christ forgive like christ be graceful as christ be gentle as christ women be loving and, and loyal and submissive as the church is expected to be and and um and keep the fight the good fight of faith and always clue in and find spiritual accountability so they can guide you through that process um but besides the home there are other ways that we need to learn to engage and handle these toxic relationships and i want to highlight really quick if you are a toxic person <laughs> Right. If you're hearing this and you're saying, yeah, it's probably me and, and you're having a moment of clarity and the Holy Spirit is um, uh, focused and, and touching your heart. Uh, I can tell you I'm with you. I feel you. Uh, that's something that I've strived with with the Holy Spirit and he's put in my heart. And, and it's something, like I said, that I struggle with daily um, to make sure I'm aligning with him. I'm aligning with his word. And let me just say that in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, it is a great verse to guide us on, on not being toxic, not being a person that is constantly nurturing strife, okay? And that says, do nothing from selfish ambition. That, that's basically, if you took anything away from, from that verse, think about it like that. Do nothing from selfish ambition ambition and that right there um should be your guiding stone when you're dealing with your relationships and you're maybe too critical maybe you're imposing your will too hard maybe um there's a moral uh gray area what i mean by gray area is maybe that person's having a drink and the bible certainly doesn't condemn someone for con for consuming alcohol certainly does say not to abuse it and if your conscience bothers you and that's me i'm that i'm that guy where i have normally a, a, an adverse reaction to alcohol um you know that's me and i should not have to impose that on someone else and so uh, you have to tame that and understand that your freedom and someone else's freedom may not be the same thing because of our conscience and so uh, the idea is when you look at your brother, when you look at your friendships, when you look at those people around you, you're not supposed to act in an ambitious, selfish manner. You always have to think of the other person and how they're receiving it. And we've, Isaac, we used to talk about the porcupine Christian, right? The porcupine Christian is the person who has a lot of points, but no one wants to touch. And, and, and so the idea is uh, be very cautious of that if you are a porcupine christian um repent to the lord uh and, and ask him to heal your heart ask him to help you look internally remember jesus says take the plank out of your own eye so that you can help someone else 
And if you know when you get something lodged in your eye, how annoying that is, and then you're pulling down your eyelid and and then you're telling someone, blow my eye and what's in there. And you're looking for assistance and and, and, and you need help and, and you're in this vulnerable state then you understand how to help someone else. Right. Because you've you've gone through the exercise of of clearing the plank out of your own eye. Right. We all we all sin and, and we all need grace and then forgot about the grace we got when we were in our sin. So um. I, I wanted to throw that out there. Does anyone have any else, anything else to add to that? No, man. It's just it. it we had to we had to help people also identify, uh, you know, different signs, especially in churches now. There's a lot of manipulation. There's a lot of, you know, uh, I found when I was researching a little bit uh, for these for you know for for today, I found a list of you know it was like a. a it's called talk uh, uh hold on it's called toxic uh reference guide to addictions and recovery counseling you know and and they're talking about uh toxic churches and and a lot of old men are doing so much damage uh to the people nowadays and and some of the things they say it it uh you know you must always submit to our authority you know they say oh you know a lot of times you hear pastors say oh you have to do what i say you know uh you, you know problems in life resulting from particular sin uh I, i've had people tell me a friend of mine got cancer and i had someone tell me oh maybe he hasn't forgiven someone you know so again because of that sin my friend got cancer you see like like stuff like that like like many it, it's it this it, it just it's it, it's so bad man like like it just drives me crazy he says uh people that say you know if it's not in the bible it's not relevant you understand like there's stuff out of the bible that could help us you know I've, I, you know when i go I, I go on a cruise on my anniversary once a year i go with my wife and what we do in our cruise is <clears throat> We get marriage counseling seminars, and we watch them in the cruise, man. And, and you know, a lot of times we, we've seen marriage counseling that it's it's not Christian, man, but it's helped us so much. You know, and some of these people say, uh, you know, if it's not in the Bible, you know, it doesn't apply to us. You know, it's not going to help you. You understand? But there's secular things that could help us too. You know, and and just that manipulation, man. We just gotta help other people. Uh, you know, again, we have to do. Some people say that we have to do to receive from God. Like if we're under the law, you know. But God's grace is so big that you know we don't have to do anything for Him to already give us stuff because of His grace and His mercy. You know, and when somebody tells you, you know, hey, you know, the five steps to hear from God. You understand? A lot of times that's manipulation that they use against against us, you know, against believers. And we have to we have to be out there for each other. We have to, you know, again, uh, it's rough sometimes telling someone, look, man, I'm sorry, but do not do not listen to this person. Do not do not buy the, the you know the thirteen thirty dollar book because that you know that's not how god works you know there's nothing you can do to get god's grace because he already gave us everything you know and, and sometimes we have to to help others out and i think that's why this podcast is so good because we're trying to open people's eyes we're trying to help them with the word of god on on how you know why are you being manipulated why is this thing wrong you know it, it, open your eyes and and sometimes we have to help 
our brothers out, you know, in a loving way. And, and that's the, the hard part, especially all, all three of us, you know, we're, we're, uh, we want to beat them with a hammer, honestly. And, and that's what we try to do. And, and sometimes we have to learn to be a little bit more loving and, and ask questions and listen. You were talking about how, how we always want to fix it. But a lot of times, man, you even see it in the Bible, you know, Jesus, he, he walked away from people, you know, it, and it's not that he didn't give, give up. It's just that he knew where that was going. You know, the Pharisees, you know, how many Amen. times he walked away from them, you know, even even with the trying to fix it. When Lazarus died, Jesus didn't try to right away, you know, uh, raise Lazarus from the dead. No, man, he wept with them. You know, he went and he comforted them. So sometimes we have to learn to do that, you know, with brothers and sisters. You know, especially when they're down, they're hurt. Amen. Love that. That's that's wisdom right there. Absolutely. It, it, uh, um, no, we can't. Um, the the idea no. is <laughs> no, we, we can't hear you. <laughs> um, but the the idea is, you know, and and I I like what you said. Is the God. devil is attacking Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 idea is, um, you know, when we're talking about manipulation tactics. Just remember this, our desire for someone's well-being cannot outpace their ability to receive it gracefully. I'm going to say it again. If what we want for someone and they're not ready for that, then we have to be aware of, of how they're receiving it and how much edification are we giving, yeah. you know? And so, um, so, you know, that person... You know, the, the person could have been totally, totally sick. And that advice they gave them, did they have any for unforgiveness? I'm sure that it was done from a compassionate heart. However, you're not thinking about the destruction that you're giving someone's faith and the culpability that you're giving them when you make a statement like that. You haven't filtered it through scripture. You haven't brought it to the obedience of Christ. And now you're doing more damage than good. Even if your intention is well, Isaac has something to add. I don't think anybody could hear me. I hear you. We could hear you. What? Oh, praise God! <laughs> praise <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> uh, first of all, I think uh, I think Joshua's on fire today. You could tell Joshua's been through some stuff, man. It's praise the heat. God. They're on fire, Miami oh, heat. Oh man, <laughs> Joshua's been Joshua's seen it all. But uh, no, I think I think all the points that you guys are making are fantastic. Um, you know, as you were speaking. Carlos, you had made mention of a verse, and I would just like to read it more fully. I think it applies so well specifically to us and how we should engage. And you you quoted uh, briefly from Philippians chapter 2. And so I just wanted to, to kind of read it in its, its fullness. Uh, it says, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being full of being in full accord and of one mind. And then, like you pointed out, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but with humility count others more significant than yourselves. I'll tell you one thing. Uh, when you were mentioning marriage, I think if we did more of that, there'd be less altercations, right? Uh, if husbands and wives did more of that, if we thought more significantly of, of our spouses more than ourselves, we'd, uh, we'd serve ourselves and our spouses better. It says, let each of you look not only to his own interest you know, we, we all fall victim to that but also to the interest of other have this mind among yourselves 
which is yours in Christ Jesus. Beautiful. And so I, I, I just, I love that verse. I feel like that is practical application for uh, the body of believers today. I think, um, you know, if, if you're experiencing uh, toxic elements, toxic attitudes in your direction, um, you know, we can separate, we can set, be set apart, uh, but let us focus on the things that, that are in the spirit, right? Let us focus on encouragement in Christ. Let us focus on love. Let us participate in the spirit. Let us focus on affection and sympathy. Um, let us be in the same mind uh, with, the, with the brotherhood. Um, you know, I, I think this is, this is practical application for, for us as believers today. It's a beautiful verse. I'm, I'm glad you pointed it out uh, and, and I had the opportunity to read it in fuller context. Amen. Amen. You know, one thing that I will tell you is, it, it, I, okay, so we addressed sort of the, the marriage. We can't just walk out of the marriage. I will tell you this. Um, deep friendships are completely voluntary. Intimate friendships are optional and voluntary. Uh, I will tell you the commandment of Scripture is to submit to a church and to not forsake uh, congregating. And so you are not required to stay in your church, okay? So I'm going to introduce the most painful way to handle a toxic relationship, and that is to drop it like it's hot, right? I mean, completely drop relationships that are toxic, that are not um, – uh, and, and, and let, me, let, let me just say with a, a couple of caveats, but, sure. um, you know, your workplace – if it's toxic, find someone else to work. Find someone that's more aligned with how they respect their employees, how they pay their employees. Don't, don't be that person grumbling bitter about how you're underpaid. Do something about it. Go get certified in something. Go back to school. Learn a new trade. Do something about it. Do not perpetuate um, conflict and strife in your workplace because you feel undervalued. Do not, uh, or maybe you're positive, but your workplace and your manager uh, and those folks are perpetuating constant strife. Exit. Your sanity is more important. Trust me, your health is more important. Your mental health is oh, yeah. more important than a high-paying job. Okay. Ben, what happens? What happens if you die today? What do they do tomorrow at your job? Oh, they replace you right away. That's right, right away. You're replaceable. All that time that you sacrifice your family, all that, all, all of that, your health, you get replaced. And, and so this is very, very important you understand that. Um, companies only know the bottom line. That's why they exist. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying know the limits, okay? Uh, in terms of your friends, and again, um, Jordan Peterson said it bet You deserve friends that want to see you excel. You deserve friends that if you did something wrong are willing to embrace you, love you, uh, and, and, and listen to you and forgive you and render grace to you. You want friends to celebrate with you. You want friends that if you knocked on their door and you needed a place to stay would open their door to you. You want that level of commitment in your friendships. You do not want friends Again, friendships are op optional. Peace is not optional. Forgiveness is not optional. Being in good standing with someone where you have an understanding of I've forgiven you, we're good. If I saw you in the supermarket, I can say hi. I'm not going to turn the other way. However, 
intimacy with that person is completely optional, right? And so if you have a situation where there's strife constantly introduced, you know, I know uh, uh, of a friend that, um, a past friend that always had that problem. Every time you come together, it's a problem. It's a complaint. It's, it's, it's slandering someone. It's slandering the spouse. It's slandering another person. And it's just constant, constant, constant. That friendship is optional, okay? And so drop it, okay? Um, and so that is the hardest part. Now, when it comes to the church and those people, you have a great church. You love your church. You don't want to leave your church, but it's the people in the church <laughs> that are toxic, right? Uh, let me just say that there are prescriptions in scripture about that, specifically when it comes to, and, and this is where your guidelines are. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, 1 through 9, and you can go through it. But And then you need to balance that scripture, because remember, we're not going to isolate a scripture, but we're going to look at the full counsel of God so we can get a good understanding of what Paul was trying to aim for. So if you see 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 through 9, and you go to Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, then you understand the spirit in which Paul is talking about. And you're able to get a good idea. And here's what it is. If you're in a situation where you are fellowshipping with someone and there is a defiant attitude about sin, there is an immoral situation in this person's life that it's turned toxic. Josh hit, talked a little bit about it, like that employee that's just constant, you know, and it's already, uh, you know, a little leaving, leaving the lump. It's just spreading. And it's just sort of like, that's what uh, I think it's trying to be addressed here. And so you have someone that you are in fellowship with in the church, and there is a level of toxicity involved there. And you've in the spirit of Galatians 6.1, you've tried in a spirit of gentleness to restore the person. You, you've come to that person. You haven't gossiped about them. You haven't uh, handled them roughly. You've, you've come to them in a spirit of gentleness and pointed out their sin, and specifically in the word of God, that they're you know, bathed in prayer, seeking the wisdom of God, and really approach this cautiously. And you go to that person and you say, hey, brother, you know, um, every time I meet with you, you, you know, you, you make these uh, uh, references to other women and you're married and, and, and that's, uh, that's sinful behavior. It's affecting me in this way. And I think it's something that you should repent about. And, um, and, and, it's, and, and you gauge that and you do it in a spirit of gentleness, right? And, and if they don't repent, of course, uh, you, 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 you bring in a witness and you do the same process. And then, of course, um, if that is unable to be remedied because of a sin issue, the scripture prescribes you to not even eat, which just basically means intimacy. You're not going to have intimacy. And I think uh, Mark Driscoll has made several fantastic sermons about um, uh, being cautious where you have your family dinners and where you have your Christmas dinners and and there are people even within your own family that you don't want to bring your children around 
You don't want to bring your family around because it disturbs and and it, and it now you start strifing often with an uh, with a demonic spirit or you're strifing with a rebellious spirit within an individual, an attitude. And so this is a situation where we are given the green light to stop fellowship for your own mental health. You need you need to be in a place that you are good so that you can listen be healthy and invest healthily in your husband or your wife and your spouse and your children. If you are burned out because of these relationships, you're not going to be any good to the people that matter in your life and the people who depend on you and the people that God has asked you to care for, disciple, and love. Amen. I hear you, Isaac. Yeah, praise God. <laughs> Okay, just want to make sure. Hey, amen. God is good. Ben was so, you're surprised, Ben, that he could hear you. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> he was like, hey, I could hear you. Oh, wow. Okay. Hey, That's hallelujah. Awesome. That's hallelujah. awesome. Uh, amen. So, uh, you know. You know, real, just, real quick, I think I think it's important, uh, the point that you're making, because obviously there, there are all the issues that a person can defellowship from a congregation, right? And specifically, we would focus on things like improper doctrine, you know, uh, straight heresy, things like that. But the points that you make are, are, are really important because, you know, they could be teaching a, a sound doctrine and still be rotten. <laughs> you, you understand? Like the, the, the culture could still be rotten. The atmosphere could still be rotten just because your theology uh, your, is orthodox. Doesn't mean that your, your, your practice is orthodox, right? Your orthodoxy doesn't necessarily line with orthopraxy. And so just because, you know, uh, you know, the, the covenants of grace or, or whatever they might be, right? If I have not love, I sound like a, a clanging gong, right? A loud cymbal. Um, and so, yeah, often we'll say, hey, you can't leave unless there's improper doctrine or there's heresy or something like that. But man, if, if, the, if the atmosphere, the environment is not conducive to growth um, and fellowship, uh, then, then you have to question, is that atmosphere even a real church, right? Because the church is the ecclesia, the body of Christ, the fellowship of believers. You know what I mean? It's not just the doctrine. The doctrine plays a part, uh, but it's more than the doctrine. It's, it's the body of believers. And so there needs to be fellowship in that context. Um, your doctrine could be right, uh, but that doesn't mean that, the, that, that it's any less toxic, right? Amen. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. I remember I was part of a church where the pastor would try to dictate people that you can have in your house visit you. And I remember, <laughs> I remember, I yeah, I remember sitting down with that person and going, dude, you cannot control or even go in that area where on my personal space, who I can have lunch with, who someone else can have lunch with, um, that that is that's toxic. That's that's cultish. Yes. Cultish. Yes. And and, and I, I also remember um, uh, a situation where, uh, you know, these are, you know, the the church that I was at, at the time, um, like half half the, the the volunteers and the leaders were women and and they were in church three, three, three times a week, four times a week. And there for two hours or an hour and a half. And 
And and so we I'm weren't married. That's that's a lot of time. Oh no, that, that was a that was the problem. And I'm thinking to myself, like, yo, homie, like these people are gonna get burned out. And sure enough, uh, in this church, half the, you know the people who started weren't the people who stuck around after three months and four months, five months, six months. They would just all burn out. And and so um and then you 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 got into just sort of this. You had the right theology, like Isaac says. You have the great theology, um, but then you had how it's the the ecclesiology of how everything functions. There was an underlining culture um, that turns toxic because now you're advocating for women to abandon their husbands and and not be involved with their kids. And and you know you think about it. Um, there are some churches that try to have service at seven o'clock and it's like or six o'clock and it's like yo do you know that the average american <laughs> like they get out of work at five do you know what they have to do if they have kids to feed them uh get them ready uh have dinner you know sit down have you know you're you're actually having a situation where they're probably gonna have to run to mcdonald's and they're gonna have to eat something fast food they're probably gonna have to spend money they're probably gonna have to feed a poor diet to the kid and you don't really calculate some of the decisions how they impact other people just because well we want to make sure you know i'm the pastor of the church or we're the elder board and we want to make sure everyone's home by eight o'clock you know that's very short-sightedness and we have to think about the things we do if we do them out of selfish ambition and what are the unintended consequences for some of the decisions we make you know, don't be upset if your church says, the congregation says, well, we're just not going to make it. <laughs> we'll watch it online, but we're just not going to make it um, a, a, in order to safeguard the sanity and the mental health of their homes. Ben, one second. I just wanted to share this screen. If you, it's 21 erroneous beliefs that, that can fuel toxic faith. If you could just read them really quick, it's, uh, uh, and then we'll go finish the podcast because I know we, we've gone over already. But if you could read them really quick, uh, just to inform people on, on some of the traits of, of some of these churches that try to manipulate, they, they try to dominate you, and, and they're wrong. Uh, can you read them or you want me to read them? I can't hear you. I, I have them posted. Do you see them on the on the screen? Uh, yeah, I see them on the screen. Okay, it says 21 erroneous beliefs that can fuel toxic faith. Security significance with God depends on my behavior. Absolutely. When tragedy strikes, true believers should have a real peace about it. If you had real faith, God will heal you or the one you're praying for. Absolutely. That's a big one. Uh, all ministers are men and women of God and can be trusted. Material blessings are a sign of spiritual strength. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. The more money you give to God, the more money he will give to you. Absolutely. That's toxic. I can work my way to heaven or closeness to God. Right. So absolutely. That's a dead work. Uh, problems in your life result from some particular sin. I don't know. That could be true sometimes. Um, sometimes. Yeah. Not always. Uh, not always. But yeah, God definitely disciplines. Uh, yeah. So I might depart from that one. Uh, I must not stop meeting others' needs. Uh, that's true. That can be toxic to the point where you deplete your own funds, your own time, and your own sanity. I must yeah. always submit to authority. Incorrect. Absolutely right. 
You don't always submit to authority. God mm -hmm. uses only spiritual giants. Yeah, okay. That that's resembled in what Josh like people no, always coming to the only front. The pastor can, you don't only the pastor yeah. can pray you don't, for me. You, you, <laughs> you, know? you don't you don't you don't go against God's elect. You don't yeah. go against God against <laughs> yeah. God man of God. <laughs> yes, absolutely, absolutely. Having true faith means waiting for God to help me and doing nothing until he does. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that's a big one. Even like, you know, no, I'm not going to get the surgery because God's going to heal me. Um, well, how about how about how about when they said uh, uh, if you trust God, you, sh you shouldn't get vaccinated. And this this is before COVID. There are some yeah. people that said it that sh you shouldn't drink. Medicine well, I, I'm not I'm not getting God. vaccinated. <laughs> I, I'm not saying if I trust God, it's just no, I just prefer is, to die. Is, people said it before COVID. People <laughs> yeah. said this before COVID. Yeah, yeah, not yeah, doing yeah. COVID. You're, you're no, already no, vaccinated, bro. Yeah, I know. I know. Natural vaccination. Um, it says if it's not in the Bible, it isn't relevant. All truth is in the Bible. Yeah, that's a mixed bag. Yeah. Um, but I understand what you're saying. In other words, there are things like, um, yeah, like I explained it about the marriage, my marriage seminars, secular sure. marriage seminars help my marriage. You know, yeah. even help me with kids. Absolutely. Like I can tell you something that uh, happened to me. I walked into a small group in my church, and they started to say, "Hey, like when you talk, use I statements." And I'm like, what? <laughs> Are you trying to control what I'm saying? And and I had an adverse reaction to it. And I, I kind of met with a few people and told them, yo, I'm, I'm not sure how, like, you're trying to control how I talk. And so yeah. then, they, then, yeah, <laughs> then they shared with me the spirit behind it. No, I statements help a person not feel judged. I statements. And then I was like, oh, okay. I get now the idea. Um, so absolutely, there's no I statements in the Bible, but certainly that is helpful for developing healthy relationships. That's the I point. The, way, the truth. And the yeah, right. <laughs> God will find me a perfect mate. Oh, Lord. That's true. Hey, my wife is my perfect mate, bro. Mine no, too. Right? There's no biblical evidence me. for that. She definitely uh, watches she... this channel, so she's my God definitely... bless me. God, God bless, God bless me. me. All right. All listen, right. God bless me with my wife, but I feel bad for her because she was being punished. <laughs> Everything that happens to me is good. Uh, okay. I don't know what that means. But yeah, a strong faith will protect me from problems and pain. Absolutely not. God hates sinners, is angry with me, and wants to punish me. He hates sin, but not the person. That's Absolutely. That's a big one. That's a yep. big one in churches because every time yeah. something happens to you, they say it's because you did something wrong. Right. So, so man, you, you're going to be paranoid if every little thing that happens, you know, it's got punishing you, it's got disciplining yeah. you. Or, or either that or you're reprobate. You're not part of the yeah. elect. <laughs> uh <-huh>. <laughs> <laughs> a little dig there all right so uh christ was merely a great teacher oh boy god is too big i'm not even gonna address that one that doesn't even yeah. belong in this list. that's like heresy all right uh apostasy excuse me god is too big to care about me mm. more than anything else god wants me to be happy free from pain nope you can become god wow that's little huge gods, because that's gods. part of 
Yeah, little gods. That's certainly that's, that's that T D um, Jakes, Paula White, uh yeah, you know, but, kind of Copeland. Again, this list yeah. again it, it it has some things that kind of like don't make sense. On the bottom it explains them more, but I just wanted to go over it really quick because there's a lot of people that might listen to this and wonder, man, I wonder if my church is toxic. So maybe this list you know, it can help them at least maybe open their eyes a little bit and, and maybe those scales fall down and, and they say, Yeah, let me look further into some of these things and I think it Amen. could be that's why I Amen. said it. Let's show it really quick. Amen. Well, let's close this um, broadcast out by just uh, uh, exhorting you. Uh, if you're a patriot, if you're a saint, hopefully, if you're a patriot and you don't know Jesus Christ, understand that there is uh, a man fully God, fully man that died for your sins. He resurrected. And if you put your trust in him, that he took your sin away and made provision, and he gives to you his righteousness and he takes away your sin. Okay. And if you put your faith in that, he will come and regenerate you and live in you and give you a new purpose, new direction. And he will give you a new life and transform you. And Amen. if you put your trust in him, there isn't a special for prayer that you, there isn't a magical prayer for this to happen. You have to believe it and you have to have that one-on-one -on -one with him. Um, and if you have it and it's done, you will know you will be a new man in Christ. If you need more information on how to do that, leave a comment on Facebook or YouTube. We'll reach out to you and we'll point you to a good direction where you can begin congregating, finding the church to sort of nurture and and and, um, and, and uh, uh, win those flames, right? Build those flames up so you can continue in your walk. If you're a Christian already and a patriot, and you're saying, man, this is me, man. This this really helpful. Listen, if your church is toxic and you have in that list that we read, you said about five things. Yes, that's it. Find a new church. Find a church that is solely interested in loving, serving you, and discipling you. Telling you the mm -hmm. truth in love. Not burdening you. Not using guilt tactics. But certainly sharing the word of God and letting you grow at the pace that the spirit is leading you. That's the job of a pastor. The job of the pastor is give you the word, be there with you on your journey, and let the spirit of God create the growth and make the change. And he's just there to foster that and facilitate that. Amen. If you have a toxic workplace, find a new job. Don't stay around. Don't grumble. Okay? Do something about it. If you have a toxic friendship, leave it. Leave it. If you have a friend, if you have a relationship at church with someone that is in sin and it's turned toxic and and you go to them with a spirit of gentleness and they refuse to repent, cut it off. Don't flirt with it anymore. Don't My give Felicia. them the benefit of the doubt. Yep. Cut the fellowship out 100 percent before. In the words of Uncle Joey, cut it out. That's right. Cut it out. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, that is our broadcast. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for everyone listening to this. We ask you, Lord, that your word continue to do its impact it's created to do, Lord. It is a seed that goes into their life. We pray, Lord, that fruit is uh, born out of it, that it glorifies you and exalts you, which is the most important thing. Lord, we just pray for all the spiritual leaders doing podcasts similar to this 
that want to make a difference in people's lives, and it's taking time to do that. I thank you, Lord, for Josh and Isaac that take time away from their families to contribute and to be a positive uh, gain for the body of Christ and a positive impact. We ask you that you just continue to bless their lives, Lord, that you continue to grow this podcast and that you edify and are glorified through it at all times. We thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, folks. We will see you next week. God bless you. Don't forget, like, share, share with your family and friends. It's the only way we know that you are watching. God bless you. Bye-bye.